0: Hi, this is Boris. And this is Doris. From the Boris and Doris podcast. We're here on Blissbringers. Just to drop in and say hi, y'all. Hello. Okay, that's a little
1: bit
0: gay. but. I think he's making fun of us.
1: Ah, fuck him. (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to the Blissbringers podcast. I'm Professor T, and with me is my sexy partner. Captain. John and Cindy are checking out the scene down under. We'll hear all about their naughty adventures in the land of Oz when they get back. Tonight, we have a very special guest, Dee Dennis. She's the founder and organizer of CatalystCon. She'll be telling us everything we need and want to know about the conference created to inspire exceptional conversations about sexuality. Welcome, Dee.
0: Thank you. So great to talk with you guys.
1: It's so great to have you here. So before we get started talking to Dee, do we have any personal updates? We actually do have a personal update. So after much hemming and hawing and sitting on the fence because of timing, we finally decided to take the plunge and we have registered for CatalystCon. Yes, yeah, exciting. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so the captain and I are all, all set to go and we've even registered for the wet tour. Um, and also... While we were out on our sailboat for a month this summer, we cooked up a few sexy schemes, including the possibility of running another one of our exclusive catamaran charters in the British Virgin Islands this winter. We customized this trip to bring the bliss to our guests so we can offer any number of things. We can offer private workshops on topics of your choice. We have theme nights. We can give you island tours. We can even give sailing lessons. And Mistress Cindy and the Reverend John will be on board to add to the excitement. So we're looking for four open-minded couples to join us for some luxurious and sexy fun on a beautiful 60-foot catamaran in the BVI. Captain by you, Captain.
2: (laughs) Yes, the last trip was exceptional.
1: It was. Lots of fun. Okay, so those are our personal updates. So Dee Dennis, she is the founder of Catalyst Con. She's an activist in the field of sexuality and started her career as a sex blogger, writing about the end of her marriage and, the begin- and beginning the next chapter of her life. During this transition, Dee discovered her passion for a healthy, fun, and shame-free sex life. Yay! <laughs> and set out to share this message with the world. And now in its second year, Catalyst Con is one of the largest conferences on sexuality in the world. She describes it as a melting pot of sexuality, uniting sex educators, sexologists, sex workers, writers, activists, and anyone with a passion for creating change. So Dee, welcome again. Thank you. Um, Okay, well, let's start with just a question, a little bit about you, in 30 words or less. (laughs) You can use a little more if you need to. How do you describe yourself and your sexuality? Or as we like to put it on the show, what's your pleasure?
0: I think on my FetLife profile, I have fluctuating, evolving. Oh, good. That's how I see myself. You know, I was in a monogamous marriage for a number of years. Now I'm just experiencing life and that includes my sexuality and actually discovering what it is and what I you know where I'm going I guess and I always think it's evolving
1: and how long has it been since you've been on your own and exploring
0: um a couple of years now I mean I started blogging I think it was in 2007 where you know my mar I was going through unhappy marriage and trying to find my way out of it I think and then I've been single a couple of years now. And how did you
1: discover your passion for healthy, fun, and shame free sex?
0: Well, I think that was part of it is that, you know, in my little small town world, you know, we didn't have a sex toy shop, we didn't have anything, and, you know, you just didn't even talk about sex. <laughs> and, I started, you know, reading sex blogs and discovering there's more out there and started going to events in New York City and, you know, just meeting people and learning. And it just kind of evolved from there and grew.
1: And so prior to that, did was it more of a private thing that was sort of a little bit shameful or um, not so
0: much? It wasn't so much. I don't want, well, I guess probably I think shame is always an underlying thing, but it wasn't a communication I didn't have good communication in my marriage when it came to sexuality I didn't have there wasn't a lot of communication with you know people I grew up with couples we were associating with it just was sort of like you know you didn't if you talked about that you were like you know something wrong with you or whatever there wasn't a lot of openness I guess
1: yeah I can relate to that because I grew up in a similar environment. you just didn't talk about it
0: yeah
2: So you could imagine just what was going on behind the
0: scenes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I guess I got to say, you know, I lived in this little suburban area and there was a bunch of us couples and, you know, we, we all belonged to the pool club with our kids and stuff. And I used to go Uh to this annual Christmas party and there was a, probably like six couples that were always really close. And like looking at it now, I'd say 99% they were swingers and, and yet I didn't realize it or I didn't think about it. And I remember even someone remarking about, look at how they dance with each other's husbands. And I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, that's what it was. Right. Wow. I'm sure people talk about us and, that way. Yeah,
2: I'm sure. <laughs> and no one talked about it.
0: Not really. The only thing I remember, like another couple went to dinner there with a bunch of them. And they were like, oh, they were trying to get like real close or, you know, like they found their behavior a little out. Out of the ordinary but right. there was there wasn't this gossip circle but looking back it's like uh, you know it was like the level went off now knowing what I know now right yeah, right
1: yeah, yeah you can you can reframe it now
2: <laughs> so so um, over a period of time how did your uh, passion translate into wanting to take the message to a wider
0: audience I think i wanted to just learn you know i learned things on the internet through sex blogs and educators and things and i just wanted more you know i wanted to learn about everything and i went to a an evening in the city one year one year um hosted by i know esther, esther perel and corey um silverberg were speaking it was called sex in america spoke her book had just come out you know mating in captivity and i was still married and like at the end of my marriage i'd say and i was like when she talked i said this is me you know now i understand and it's like i always felt so isolated like there was something wrong that i wasn't happy or i wasn't fulfilled and then when i heard her speak i said wait a minute it's not just me Or it's not just something wrong with me. And then I went to a conference called Sex 2.0 that was in Washington, D.C. that year. And loved it and loved listening and learning about stuff. And so there was nothing else. And, you know, I said, I'll create a conference I want to go to. And that's what I did. What was the name
1: of the conference you went to? I just, I didn't catch that.
0: Sex 2.0. Oh, Sex
1: 2.0.
0: Yeah, there was a blogger, Amber Ray, who organized the first one in um, Atlanta, and then it was in D.C. the next year. I think it did Seattle, and then that was it. So was that the model for CatalystCon? No, not really. I did a conference on my own with a, a friend of mine at the time. We did a conference called Momentum. It had a it was about feminism and sexuality, and I just felt I wanted more of an overall like everybody type of thing, and then at the same time I wanted to do something on the West Coast. Because there wasn't really anything out there up this style. And right. so that's when I went out and created Catalyst Con. And I wanted it to be where men felt as welcome as women because if you have feminists in the title somewhere, men don't think it applies. To oh, them. I know. So yeah. and I I just wanted it to be what I call the melting pot of sexuality. I felt that there's groups. You have the swinger group, you have the BDSM group, you have trans, you know, you have LGBT, you have all these groups hosting their own events, own conferences, Mm -hmm. and we're all really looking for the same thing, change and acceptance. So how did you pull it all together for the first show? (laughs) That's a good question. I'm not really sure. I have a lot (laughs) of Friends who helped me. A lot of the speak. I mean, you know, some of the speakers were friends that I knew. You know, after a number of years, and I just kind of put out a call for speakers. People helped me promote it, and I got. You know, it it turned out amazing.
1: How many people were at the first one?
0: It was 200, a little over 200 at the first one, and then DC, we we had over 350. We sold out because when I pick the venue pick it so far in advance I didn't realize that like the the response I would get and so I basically sold out like the full weekend ticket and so we had a yeah. we were sold out like, seven, 17 days before I think the full weekend ticket was sold out oh so you could have sold a lot more
1: tickets if you had a venue that could have accommodated that many people
0: for the full weekend Saturday tickets there were you know that we could do but yeah and now we're headed back to the west coast again
2: What's yes. the what's the number that you're looking at for the West Coast?
0: We'll probably do about the same we did in D.C. I'd say.
2: So three plus. Over
0: 350. We usually we're on target to do. You know, at some point I'll crack that 400. Yes. But for a conference that's not even a year old, like we'll be a year old, I think that's the response we've got. It's very good. And I, yeah. think good. Um, we've we've gotten such a wide range of speakers of attendees. I think it shows that. You know this thing of bringing everybody together to share information and make you know contact and work together is is you know is a good thing and, and it's something others want.
1: Because- yes, for sure. I I was at the the feminist porn conference in Toronto in uh, when was it in March or April and it was the same thing. There were academics and directors and and. You know, filmmakers and actors and everybody was, and writers and everybody was so excited to be together and have these conversations. Yes, it was really, really good. I, I totally recommend that conference. It's really interesting.
0: I'm hoping to make it up there next year.
1: Oh, good, good. Then, the, and the awards are so much fun. Yeah, it's a good event.
0: So, so the melting pot of
1: sexuality that you imagine for Catalyst Con, how do In your experience, how did the activists and sex workers and the writers and the educators and the sexologists all interact with one another when they come at sex from such a different perspective? Um,
0: I think you mean at CatalanCon itself? Yeah, yes,
1: that's what I mean. Like, how does it.
0: I think that's another thing where I talk about. One of the missions of CatalystCon is like, you know, when you don't know something or someone, our first reaction is to push it away or not like it or not want to talk about it, you know, that type of thing. And I think when we meet people, like I know for me personally, I had never met anybody that that I was aware of that was in sex work. And so my, you know, vision or impression of sex work was what I saw on TV and oh my gosh, you know. And when I started meeting people who were sex workers, who were in the industry, I realized how wrong I was. That's when, you know, part of what this is, is that bringing all these people together and having them interact and talk. And, you know, there's so many connections that get made. And I love like after the conference, I see people tweeting to each other and making friends on Facebook and catching up with each other. And I think it really takes off. And so you do see people who are in the academic world meeting people in sex work as sex educators, just as bloggers, even. Yeah. You know, it really is a big weekend of bonding, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Okay. So, what are some of the highlights that we can expect at the LA Catalyst Con? There's so much that weekend.
0: You're going to be busy. You're going to start. One of the things is one of our sponsors is WET. And you guys signed up. They're offering a free tour, which is we're thrilled about. Um, and it begins before the conference. It's at 9 o'clock on Friday morning. So those who arrive early and want to do something, it's they're going to pick you up at the hotel. They're going to feed you bagels and coffee and take you to their headquarters where they make their lube and, you know, give you a tour and then bring you back to the hotel by lunch.
1: Cool. Yeah, we're pretty excited about that. It'll be fun
0: gosh I can't go because I'll be busy that day but it's like I would love to do that you know and they said oh well anytime you want to come up come on up but I thought what a great way to start the day or the weekend you know by doing that. And what about speakers? Well that's the other thing we kick it off Friday evening there's some Tristan Taramino's doing some workshops during the day which are pre-con for people who are looking to get into sex education. We kick off Friday night with the opening keynote but before that What I think is really special about Catalyst is we're doing pre-conference meet-and-greet. People who are coming alone, people this is their first event, people who only know people on the internet and are shy or an introvert or new, we're going to do a one-hour meet-and-greet so that you can make friends, you can get to know people in a less crowded setting, a more relaxed setting, and hopefully start the weekend off with a friend. My goal, I always say in Catalyst, is go home with one friend. Make a connection, go home with one friend that you've made a friend. I don't mean literally go home with them, but you know, (laughs)
1: or go home with them
0: maybe. (laughs) That too. Um, We also do a a private sex worker meet and mingle, and I that came about with a conversation I had um, with a sex worker where I knew I was an ally, and I just assumed everybody knew that, but I didn't realize that for some sex workers, they might not know my position, and you know, also, I, I came to learn that walking, you know, we walk into an event like no big deal, a sex worker can't always identify what they're due. You know, they are shamed, they are shunned, they don't always feel safe. And so we started this meet and mingle that it's sex worker, it's only open to sex workers and former sex workers to get together prior to the conference and realize this is a safe space. And the opening keynote reception, which is one of my favorites. It's also sponsored by Aneros, who's one of my favorites. I like, like, set the tone for the weekend, I call it. Yes. And what we do, we take four of our speakers and we put them on a keynote with Tristan Taramino, who does the moderating. She's one of my favorite moderators. I don't know if you've ever gotten a chance to watch her. Yeah, I have. I have. She's very good. You know, they've all in their own way have been a catalyst and they've all worked to create change in their own way. And we invite them up there to talk about it and share it with everybody. And so it sort of sets the tone of like, here's people who have created change and you can too. Every voice matters.
1: So that's going to be the opening an opening panel.
0: Yeah. we have a little pasta bar, we have some drinks, we have the opening panel. And that's oh,
1: great! We signed up to that.
2: Yeah, and so. I just thought of a question too about clothing and how are people going to be dressed? Do you think for this?
0: Um, I think it might actually be in my code of conduct. Uh, okay. You know, it's it's um it's a conference about sexuality, but we don't have sex. Right just saying street clothes, whatever you're comfortable wearing to the opening. You don't have to get dressed up for the opening, but you can, if you want, you can wear jeans if you want, you know, whatever street appropriate, right.
1: I guess. Okay. 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 So, um, so you already said that you, you put the program together by having a combination of sort of a call for speakers and I guess your own networks.
0: Yeah. Um, we put out, or, you know, a call for speakers. It usually is about six weeks. I'd leave it open and it's a call of submissions and people, everything is submitted. So if you decided, Hey, there's this topic I want to speak on, you submit the whole thing to me with, if it's a panel, you have your speakers, everything. And I think I ended up with just over 120 for 40 slots.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. And that's probably the thing I dislike most about Catalyst is trying to get such amazing submissions down to 40. I spend a weekend with the evil slut clique, Jesca, Lilith, <laughs> who are like, you know, I'd be lost without them. They are, they are the people next to me who help create this huge conference and and keep me on track and get everything done. And we spend a weekend at my house, and at the end of the weekend, we've created what the, we think is an amazing
1: conference program. So when you're not organizing CatalystCon, although it sounds like it's quickly becoming a full-time job, how else do you share your message with the world? Are you writing? Are you still blogging?
0: I haven't. I can't even remember the last time I sat down to write. I, I don't have time to write anymore. Sometimes I wish I did. Also, it's hard for me now to share my personal message, I think, in writing. Um, I don't feel as anonymous and as free as right. I used. Um, I think being someone who organizes this conference, it's more critiqued probably. And so I find myself second guessing. And so I've just basically stopped writing. Um, I share my message every day as I come across people who like, you know, in conversation, um, I always look for an opportunity to change someone's mind through knowledge. Right. An example. I I also work a full time job. Oh. (laughs) And I have.
1: and are you out at your job like do the people you work with at
0: your job know that you do this my the president of the company does who's my who i report to is my immediate person i report to they do i don't really share it with everyone else just because you know then it's off you know office gossip or whatever there's just no need to right i don't hide it but at the same time i don't share it
2: do your kids know
0: My kids all know. Yes, they know. And um, they actually share in, you know, like they when I tell them things that are going on or like I'm like, oh, you know, Dr. Elders is going to be speaking. They're more open, I think, now in talking about personal things with me than probably a a couple of years ago. So what is the main message
1: that you hope to convey about sexuality through CatalystCon and then the other vehicles that you might have?
0: I think one of the biggest messages is acceptance, and I think we've seen this with um, same-sex marriage. You know, the more that you knew somebody, family, that type of thing, the more it became acceptable. And I think you know when we share our messages and when we can cross-pollinate, as I call it, I encourage people. You know, if if you are coming for the swinging, you know, um, session. Go to something totally different. Step out of your comfort zone.
1: Yeah. So pick something that you absolutely would think, I'm not going to that.
0: Exactly. I try and pick a little bit of everything when I design the program. And one of the things I think that has been very big this year is feminist porn. And of course, you know, Tristan has had a lot to do with that, with the feminist porn book she put out. Yeah. You know, because the awards have been around for eight years, but I think they're really starting to take off now in the concept of feminist porn. And what I kept hearing, especially out in L.A. where it's Porn Valley, but it's more of mainstream porn, is what's feminist porn? And so we're doing a session on that.
1: Great. People who want to be more open about sexuality and open up these conversations, what can they do to help the cause? What can the average person Maybe who's not going to CatalystCon, but who who agrees with your general mission? What can they do?
0: First of all, they can follow CatalystCon that weekend. We have a ton of hashtags. We have a page on our blog with all the hashtags so that every session will get live tweeted. And I think the Internet is a huge learning tool for all of us. And you can also, people who can't go, they can also interact and meet people online to share knowledge. And I always say, just if you go home with that knowledge, try and explain to one person why, no, this isn't taboo. No, it's not, you know, abnormal or, you know, explain about the, you know, 18 year old kid who came out to his family and they totally disowned him and he's now homeless. You know, I don't think people realize all those types of stories that are going on. I do think it's a lot about conversation. You know, I I was once asked, what makes you pick a submission? And I want positive messages. I think, you know, we can all look at the negative side, and there's a lot of negative. There's a lot of stigma. There's a lot of shame. But if we promote the positive, I think that makes a difference.
1: So, how can people find you and information about CatalystCon on the web?
0: Um, CatalystCon.com. Okay. You find everything, you'll find pages about the pre econ- we have special events. One of our sponsors is Sports Sheets. Okay.
1: They have
0: a the room is gonna be like nineteen hundred square feet or two thousand square feet. And they are going to have a bed in there with the underbed restraints. They're gonna have all their products from all their lines. You you know, so if you see their products online, no, you can go in and pick up one of their floggers, you can check out their blindfolds, you can check out all their products, and the the sports sheet people will be there to talk to you about it and we're really excited because it's going to be like an interactive discovery we call it the discovery center
1: that sounds like fun
0: it follows the mission of education we see these products but we're not sure you know what they are how to use them or and you know they have their sex in the shower and sex and mischief line which I don't you know they're also going to have those there
1: and how big did you say the room's going to be
0: I'm not mistaken, I think it's 2,000 square feet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's going to be quite a display.
0: Well, and, you know, so we're doing some really fun expanding things. You know, um, Aneros, our Platinum, my major sponsor, they're creating the what's called the Aneros Lounge. And um, it's going to be in the exhibitor hall, and I'll leave it at that. Details will come out, you know, but that's a sneak peek, which is going to be okay. really fun. That's exciting. I'm excited, Wicked sensual care and wicked pictures has signed on again this year to be our hospitality sponsor. And I love, I love them for it because you're going to get coffee, tea, muffins, snacks all day. And it's really great when a company, you know, does that for all my attendees. Okay. Is
1: there anything else you'd like to say about CatalystCon before we say goodbye?
0: It's open for everyone. I think there's something for everyone and don't hesitate to attend.
1: We've been chatting with Dee Dennis, the founder of Catalyst Con, a conference created to inspire exceptional conversations about sexuality. Thank you so much, Dee, for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you. It sounds like a fabulous event, and we will see
2: you there.
0: Looking forward to
1: it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Dee.
1: We'll add the information for CatalystCon to our website on the show notes for this show. And if you register, don't forget to use the Blissbringers discount code Bliss when you're registering for $10 off your CatalystCon registration. See you there all we have time for today besides finding us at CatalystCon september 27th to 29th in california you can also find us on the web at blissbringers.com drop us a line or leave us a voicemail message we're also on twitter and facebook you can like us on facebook you can subscribe on itunes or download the very lovely android app so until next time what's your pleasure
2: All names mentioned in this show are either fictional, taken from public record, or held by people who have given their explicit consent to be mentioned.
0: This is Dan. Dawn and Karen And we are the co-producers of the new polyamory event Beyond the Love, Poly Summit 2013 Beyond the Love is a low-cost three-day event On November 15th through 17th In a newly renovated hotel in Columbus, Ohio You will find a variety of classes, workshops, and summits Led by people who live in poly relationships from around the world As well as fun and interactive extras Like poly speed dating and poly family feud There'll be a wealth of opportunity to learn tools, techniques, and communication skills To enhance our poly relationships We will provide a safe environment for meeting with other like-minded people in a supportive and inclusive community. We welcome all those living in a poly lifestyle or considering doing so. We're passionate about recognizing poly as a relationship choice and sharing common experiences on our many different paths. Find out more at beyondthelove.org. We hope hope to to see see you you there. there.